Welcome back to Reds Country Radio. The season is over. The Reds had a winning record after being projected to lose in 100 games again. But we did not make the playoffs. I'm Donnie. Let's talk about it. Steve, Rob, they're joining me. Steve, what's up? And it's an interesting time out here in Arizona. The local Diamondbacks uh, made the playoffs they showed the final out of the reds game on saturday night at the game i was at so that was a little extra salt in the wound especially as the dimebacks got swept so I feel like the series was there for us at the at the the taking at the end i feel like if you sure. know honey you were right that 85 and a half number that that number would have got us in and unfortunately it did not rob let me know how you're feeling yeah well i'm feeling pretty okay because my bet hit so that was the silver line to all this, I guess. But um, at the end of the day, the red legs needed a lot of help to get into the playoffs. And it's kind of tough to justify getting a spot whenever your fate's not really in your hands when you need, you know, multiple mm. teams to get swept and, um, and you got to win out too. That's, that's the problem. Rob, I agree with that, but uh, we only really had to win out near the end when we lost a bunch of games we shouldn't have uh, right. with, with two weeks left or so 85 wins. 86 wins looked very realistic and we uh, that's all we needed to do was, was, you know, win a few more games and we lost some, some bad games that we absolutely should have. We had what a 500 record in September and then lost that last game in October uh, when it didn't really matter. So you can call it an 83 win team. If, if you're playing it out, like if you absolutely need to win, uh, you know, they had, a they, they should have played better in August and September. And that's what it comes down to. We talked so much about the easy schedule in September and they didn't take advantage of it. Nope. Once again, they did not take advantage. Of <laughs> I think we need to never discuss the strength of schedule again. Uh, yeah. I think we're zero and two on, on on doing that one. Yeah. Uh, never bring up the twenty twenty one season again. Never talk about strength of schedule. <laughs> Tank. I'm never gonna look at Tankathon again. It's yeah. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was a rough end, but you know, like you said, I think now here I'm gonna flip it for you. I think we were the only podcast to predict that the Reds would win 80 plus games. And I do need to pull the clip. I'm going to post it on social media tomorrow. Yeah. Because, like, dude, who else was predicting that but us? Ser- I think seriously, if, you, like, if, if you look at what I said in there and what we were t- saying, it was like 75, 77 wins felt realistic, which is kind of like what the, what the Pirates did, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're a team that has some young guys playing. They're making good progress. It's kind of the season I expected. And then at 80 felt like, uh, considering the value, was plus 1,100. That felt like close enough to what I thought was a 50-50 bet at 76 or so that, I don't know, they could fluke into four more. And they got into six more. They got 82. So uh, I feel good about that. Uh, I have another Reds group chat with some college buddies, and you know everyone's lamenting the end of the season. And someone comes in and tries to say, oh, well, we did so much better than was expected. And, uh, you know, someone else, you know, replied back and you know you know that's a great like you, you both can be true kind of thing where we really are happy with the progress but knowing how close we were and how we had all these opportunities uh it, you know there's still nothing wrong with being really really disappointed uh you know this team has a lot of potential they're going to be playing together for you know a few more years at very least pretty much all of them uh but it's okay to be really disappointed in how this ended because it did feel like it was right there i mean when you look at how the marlins are playing and whatnot like we are good enough to be a playoff team this year. And yep. sure, that makes you excited for the future, but it still makes you disappointed in this year. One, one thing that I've thought about that's kind of kept me grounded through all this is the fact that, you know, like obviously what everybody was saying, this team was always supposed to win like 70 games or whatever. Like the Reds weren't supposed to be in the spot. And the Reds are ahead of schedule. So all this winning that just came with this season has just been a bonus. And it just shows that, you know, the, the rebuild is going strong. It's ahead of schedule. Um, 
And, you know, there's hope for optimism in the future, really. But, yeah, that's the one thing that I've thought about that's kind of kept me grounded through all this, as disappointing as it has been. Yeah, and if you look at our Pythagorean win-loss uh, record, with which takes into account run differential, um, if you take out that 12-game winning streak and just make it like 6-6, six and six, it's about even with what that Pythagorean win, which is, it was about 70, that would be 78 and 84. Uh, 76 yeah. and, yeah. 77 is what baseball reference has is our Pythagorean win loss. So yeah, yeah. six, six app less than that would be 78, 76 and 86. 76. Yeah. So, I can't, I, I mean, can't which is about what the pirates did this year. Yeah. So, and I do think there's going to be a good little rivalry with the pirates over the next few years. They got a lot of young dudes. We got a lot of young dudes. I think the thing that took kind of some of the other two uh, wildcard teams, uh, the other three, really, if you count the Phillies, although they were kind of far and ahead most of the time, it was more of that veteran presence and, you know, us yeah. losing Fraley, losing India, Stevenson, not really a veteran yet, but not really producing at his level. I mean, the only guy that we really had above 28, that was a real long starter in on the offense was Votto. And though he was not able to be there for most of this, a couple of stretches of the season. So I do think that's something that maybe, and I don't want to talk about off season. I want to talk about the season that just happened because Absolutely. Uh, Red Twitter has talked about about 100 different scenarios already, and I'm tired <laughs> of it. And we got 175 games to go or, so, or days till the uh, opening day, so we got a lot of right, time baby. to get into all that. I think this season does deserve our, you know, our, our discussion now. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I had something else. Rob, talk. Um, I- one thing that I also thought about as well, like, uh, you know, Matt McLean was hurt for this last stretch of the yeah. year. Like, imagine having more games the Reds win if Matt McLean's lineup. Like, mm. his production and his bat was definitely missed. It was that reminds pretty me apparent. of my point. Yeah, and so we lost McLean. We basically also lost Ellie in a way, you could say, where he became a yeah. replacement-level player rather than an all-star. Um, which, you know, he made some progress. He got his he got his swing rate down, uh, like swinging at balls rate down. Yeah, he's he, he's going to get better. But uh, the pitching, I think, is what really did us in towards the end of the season. Uh, you know, Hunter Green was hurt for a while. He came back and looked good, but then he was inconsistent. Uh, losing Graham Ashcraft after he had figured it out and was, like, the best pitcher in baseball for a stretch, that stunk. I mean, if he had kept that performance up and and uh, kept pitching through the end of the season, I, I think we'd definitely win one or two more games, uh, and that could have put us over the edge. Uh, Andrew Abbott has clearly never thrown anywhere near this many innings uh, in his major league career. He's only been a starter for a few seasons. Uh, you could tell he was dogging it big time. He was on a pretty strict pitch limit. I don't think he threw more than 75 pitches in his last few starts. Uh, and so even when he was on, he was only giving you three or four innings. Uh, and the bullpen, man, the bullpen just, they had a couple they tough nights. We can get into that 9-0 game. Uh, we can, <laughs> I don't think we really want to relive that too much, but uh the bullpen struggled a little bit down the stretch, but I think overall they had a great season. Uh, some some numbers might look a little bigger than they should uh, when you look back on it, thanks to some of those blow-up games. But uh, I think we can say a lot about the bullpen in a lot of good ways. Red's Twitter might not get that. Who's the uh, Red's, Red's hardo that hates the bullpen? Uh, I haven't muted. The uh, Cincy, Cincy Sports guy or whatever? Oh, Natty Sports. Oh, yeah, Natty Sports. Natty Sports. Natty Sports. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. He's got he, thinks we have the bull- he thinks we have the uh, worst bullpen in baseball, I'm pretty sure. But uh, who's the other pitch we lost? Well, Lodolo was out of it. Uh, yeah. You know, Williamson well, looked then... de- decent down the stretch. But, yeah, th- it's just that's an important part of beating good teams and winning games you're supposed to win is getting a good start. And uh, too many bullpen games in the last month. And, uh, yeah, we just ran out of steam. Relying on Connor Phillips, too, is is tough. I mean, you know, the the guy got called up in the middle yeah. of the playoff race. Had some pretty good starts, honestly. But, you know. <laughs> but then the most must-win game of the last uh, five seasons, call it, um, and he walks three straight guys. Man, I get David Bell taking him out, but when you look back on it, I don't know. Would Phillips have given up 10 runs in the next couple innings? I don't know. He might have figured it out. Maybe he wouldn't have. Maybe he would have given up 15. But yeah. – uh, I understand taking the risk there. You bring in a high strikeout guy in Fernando Cruz, and he doesn't get the job done either. But you you still look at that move and you say you get the logic. Uh, you're pl- you're treating it like a playoff game, and you're bringing in a guy who might be able to strike out everybody. You know, get you out of there, and it didn't work out. 
And that's yeah. that's baseball. That's why you play 162, and, and that's why every game matters, and that's why hopefully you win enough earlier in the season where you're not in that position, but turned out we were. So yeah, that'll do it. I, I agree, and, you know, they just were not – I mean, their second-half record after the break was not as good as their first-half record. There, There's a lot of things you can really put it on. I mean, I do think they were just pretty young and yeah. pretty – still yeah. kind of unexpected for them to be in this stage uh lose uh, being five games under 500 at home also not great seven games over on the road pretty good um seven games under 500 in the second half um you know just they won some one run games they got blown out a lot you know there there is just i don't want to pick out just one or two games because obviously like you said don all 162 but it just stinks because right there and like you said you know give up 15 runs in that final game and the guy yeah, i feel worse for is alexis diaz because he had a stellar season throughout like the all-star break and then kind of after that it just almost went downhill for him i think he's never probably pitched that many innings high leverage like intense pressure innings in his career either and he suffered for it unfortunately and but he was our best guy just you had to keep throwing him out there so Eventually, I hope he'll be able to get that figured out. And, you know, it, it's just tough because, like you said, we were there and then I think a little bit of freshman slump, some injuries, a lot of things just made that cocktail where the Reds just were not able to hold on until the end. Yeah, they also, uh, I think when they kind of killed them too is they, they stumbled coming out of the All-Star break too. They had a lot of great momentum going in that they couldn't harness it. On the yeah, back the, end of it. it's almost like that five or six days off rather than rejuvenating them. It just kind of killed the momentum. And and we've all played baseball at one point in our lives. You kind of know that you you get hot and it's hard to explain. But when you're hot, you're hot and you got to keep playing. That's why we talk about guys getting regular at bats. Uh, you know, a good player that only plays once a week probably won't have that great of a season. Uh, so that 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 hurt us there. And man, I just. Uh, I feel like we slept walk through some of those games there in the back half and uh that <laughs> that 90 to 12 13 loss is one of the craziest like things I've ever seen. I think you, you guys remember I like uh I I wasn't like responding to texts. I was out uh, I was on a date and uh for the first like half of our date we were at a at a restaurant where there was a the Reds game was playing and I remember seeing the score. The last I remembered was 9 to 1. Uh and I was like, "Oh, great. Perfect. We're getting a good win." Uh, we're going to split the series. We're going to, I think that would have made it one, one at that point, chance to win the series, uh, in the last game. Good. Like we, we would have been really bad to lose this one. Blah, blah, blah. Great. We're, we, we came out strong. We're in a good spot. If we win this, we're getting some good results otherwise. Um, and then we went to a bar that was just playing college football. I wasn't checking my phone <laughs> at the end of the night. I look at it and I could not believe that we had lost. I, I didn't even look at the score first. I had like texts from other friends, like not even you guys, the people that are like not even huge Reds fans. Like, dude, I can't believe that happened. And I, it, that was, that was one of the craziest, uh, like that is going to be a story where I'm like, where were you the night we lost after being up nine to nothing? And the pirates made the greatest uh, comeback in their 140 year history. Man. I was kind of in a similar situation with you, Don. I was checking my phone the entire time, like trying to keep an update on that game. And then at one point we were up nine nothing, and I was like, "Oh, we got this in the bag. This is awesome." I went back to watching college football at my with my buddy, and then uh, it just every time I checked the phone, the 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 gap between the store just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller <laughs> oh, and smaller. And eventually, the Pirates took the lead, and I was like, "God dang it!" I'm like, of course, this would happen to the Reds in the middle of. You know, a, a, a crucial playoff run. They have a Reds like meltdown. And it's just like you know, there's no winning here. Yeah, yeah. And then, man, I I don't know. I just I think at Twin Series losing. I mean, the Twins are obviously a good team as we're seeing in the postseason. Sure. But man, yeah. just you you beat them seven nothing yeah. the first night, and then you just get punked the next two days. But I think that Cardinals series was was kind of the beginning of the end. The home the home Cardinals series where they lost two out of three. Um, yeah. And then, I don't know, man, just getting swept by the Nationals in August, the, the Nats played pretty well in the second half, but that was just, that was also rough, too. Yeah, and it was on my birthday it. weekend. I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> you get swept on, on my birthday weekend when I was in town, too. Like, it just, yeah, not good. Yeah, you got to find went, a way to win those. Double, little uh, fingers to you, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I think we went one and five on that homestand, too. So, you know. Oh. That, and, like, dude, that why was, did we play so poorly at home? 
I mean, I, I'll give you the answer. It's it's we have a lot of fly ball pitchers and we don't have a lot of fly ball hitters, and uh, yeah, it's a bad combo. We gave up a lot of home runs in that in those last in that whole last home stand, and we weren't hitting that many. Uh, which is I, I don't know. You can point to that, but we won plenty of games at home. We we I don't know being under five hundred at home and having that having a, the most must win home stand of all time, and then just laying an egg. That's that's frustrating, and I don't know what's going to change next year if the makeup of the roster doesn't really change all that much. Uh, you know, but guys are going to take a step forward, but they're not necessarily going to become power bats. Besides, you know, Christian Encarnacion Strand, who do you have that's a that's like a reliable home run source? I mean, Friedel and Fraley and and those guys are going to hit they're going to hit fifteen to twenty five in a good year, but there's a difference between having a, multiple guys that are like threats to hit thirty five forty. I don't know. And, you know, Hunter Green makes that step, maybe. Hunter Green took, you know, extended his contract this year to pitch for the Reds. And he he's great. But, man, he loves to give up home runs and he'll he'll turn a great outing into a bad one fast. And, uh, you know, if the the offense doesn't line up with having a perfect night to combat that and, you know, win you a 12 to 10 game, we're going to lose those games, even even with a pretty good start. And there's nothing you can do about that. I gotta delve into Correct. the stats on Savant and see like what the percentages of low ball versus high ball home runs for away hitters or even home like Reds hitters at Great American. But I think that's just a thing that you know. You, I think Derek Johnson likes the cutter uh, and he's been teaching a lot of guys that. But man, Hunter just leaving. I mean, even a hundred mile an hour fastball high, like chest high. It, Good hitters are still going to get yeah. around to that, you know. So yeah. I think he's, he's got to be smarter. Yeah, I mean, then just leave the get the ball down. You know, I mean, it's easier said than done. I'm just guys sitting on a mic, uh, just telling a, a professional pitcher to you know, get the ball down in the zone. But I think remember you when we had like uh, like three games in a week where Lucas Sims came in and get the first first batter a belt high fastball and they smacked it every single time. Like yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, you I'm not a, it out in the group chat. <laughs> I'm not a pro baseball player. I I, I stopped playing when I was 18. Uh, I know we have one of the best pitching coaches in the game. Like, what? How are we not training some of these guys up on the strategy more? And uh, I don't know. It's uh, you know, there's also a little bit of confidence there. And uh, you know, even though you know you we know we know Sims has a great curveball, a great sweeper, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it, it could be a that day thing where, you know, you get in there, you warm up and it's like, ah, man, I'm just not really feeling that confident in the sweeper. Uh, let's start out with the fastball, see where I can go from there. Because uh, you're trying to get get the ball over. You're trying to get the pitches you're confident in. That's a lot of it, too. I can tell you that as a career bullpen catcher, uh, that that's an important thing. And that's so day to day. And so when guys are complaining about that, like I just did, you know, you never know. Um, the same way, I you know, I love we love to complain about. The bullpen decisions and the lineups, but let's, let's trust the guys that are in there making decisions. But yeah, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Hunter Green the only player they have under contract going into next season? I mean, uh, that's like pre-signed contracts. They have like a lot of ARB guys, but I think yeah, I think that's correct. Because like yeah, I a, lot of the rest that, of the like team, a few days ago, so all those guys are under team control and they will be Reds. Uh, of course, if we want them to come back, but they, uh, yeah, their contract's not determined yet. Right. Uh, so, we, yeah, we, um, if you want to transition to talking about some of that, we can, or we can keep uh, eulogizing the season and, and punt on that till December or something. But uh, why don't we just keep t- talking about the season real quick? And let's then, do it because I think you know right now we there's just a lot of reaction and we'll wait and see what the market looks like near the yeah. end of the year. But um, other than uh, Hunter, the only guy that has a contract for next year is Kirk Casale. And I don't really see the Reds picking that up next year unless they need, I feel like, I mean, maybe they would bring back my but again, December conversation this year. Yeah. I want to ask you, because we, we had this talk right after the 12 game win streak, but was there another favorite moment for you guys other than that the moments that we saw during that June July stretch? 
yeah, we kind of went through all those moments right after the All-Star break, didn't we? Or, or somewhere around there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that video we put out um, at ATBBTTR, the first half, like everybody loved that. And then the second half is... Eh. <laughs> Weren't as many big moments there. I'm trying to think of what would that even be, yeah. but... Vada, Vada making a comeback, well, that was in, was that June? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was before the All-Star break, yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah. He, was he hit the home runs in that um, uh, Friday night Braves win. Yeah. But um, I'd say maybe if you wanted to consider it, like the uh, CES walk-off homer would have been a good one. Um, did <laughs> Stu have a walk-off or like a – did Stu Fairchild have like a go-ahead uh, double or something? Yeah, against – um, w- wait, was that the Pirates, I think? Uh, I don't remember exactly, Bobby? but one of my buddies um, is a big Stu hater, and this is like right after he got called up, and he had like – he won us the game, and I was giving him giving him help for that. <laughs> Uh, um, he's like, All right, I'm coming around on Stu. I'm coming around on Stu. Uh, I like it. Um, the Hunter Renfro one, which is funny to me. Um, you know, the, Hunter the, Renfro. Yeah, what, a, what a red leg. Yeah. What a red leg. He and uh, Harrison uh, Nick, They're going to answer a Nick Martini question. getting his first. Uh, Nick Martini getting his first walk off home run for us. And Martini yeah. had some good moments. He had. Uh, did he hit like three straight home runs or three three games at three three home runs in yeah, three games so. deal or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he had some clutch abs. Uh, I remember he got called up right before that Arizona series, and then he hit two home runs in that. Friedel did that too, as far as hitting an insane amount of home runs near the end. Uh, hey, he could be your power bat. Who's also at yeah. risk of a, you know, bunting for for a single. Um, He's got to get pretty... in the lab with Corbin Carroll. I don't know how <laughs> Corbin Carroll produces so much power on his swing. But yeah, Friedel to me is kind of like the same. He's just got to stand more upright in his stance because that's what Carroll does. Friedel's, you know, getting down, and then I don't right. know. He, I don't know how he can flick the, the bat out there and hit balls four forty four. But Friedel might be my. Uh, I don't know if I want to call him the MVP MVP of the team, but he might be the player I enjoyed watching most this year. It's interesting for you to say that because I would have thought you would have said Benson. Ah, that's true. I love Benson. <laughs> Even, okay, um, I'll say Friedel is my MVP. Benson is the one I enjoyed watching the most. That's yeah. that's how we that we come down to it. He just loves the game so much, and man, I'm I'm he's just happy watching him succeed. But uh, what was I going to say? The uh, question which you know, talking about Friedel makes me think. Uh, this is kind of another general season kind of thing. The Reds uh, got a lot more aggressive on the base pass this year. It won us some games. It lost us some games. Down the stretch a little bit, we had some big outs that maybe shouldn't have been. Um, maybe replay screwed us, but maybe we shouldn't have been in those positions to begin with. Um, thinking of the Marte one there specifically. But uh, Ellie ran into some outs near the end. I mean, the whole team was running into outs a little more often. I don't know if you can call that a little mean, reverting to the mean, because we had a, a lot of success early in the season. Net, net, it might have added value, probably. But how do you guys feel about the Reds getting way more aggressive uh, running the bases? I'm all for it. 10 out of 10 would recommend it. They have the personnel and the players to do it. It's an exciting brand of baseball, especially if you don't have a team full of power hitters. Uh, I am I am all for it because that obviously they can't, I, I feel like that helped us more than it hurt us. Um, but like towards the end, though, I think uh, you're seeing guys getting out on the base paths and stuff. Maybe it's teams finally, you know, having more of a complete scouting report on this team and Knowing the, the tendencies of, uh, of the aggressiveness, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we led the league in stolen bases this year. Like that's no small feat. You know, 190 stolen bases this year, and for the first month of the season, we weren't really running. It took us about a month to really. I think it was you know calling up some of the younger guys who helped with that, but they they still were trying to just test the water, figure it out for a month, and then after that, they kind of just went wild. Weren't we also tied with the Orioles for the most comeback wins this season? Yeah. So you could yeah, probably attribute our, attribute our aggressiveness to that as well. Rally Red Legs, uh, man. They were never out of it. Games, games we wouldn't have won in the past, you can attribute to our aggressiveness on the base paths. Yeah, like uh, there was a game in April where we were down by, I think those two games against the Rangers where we were down by five on consecutive nights and came back and won. Like, I, that was the first time yeah. we had done that in like 15 years or something that we came back from five or six down. Like that's kind of impressive for this team. And obviously that was April whole, whole season, but pretty yeah. cool that they changed a lot of the narrative this year. And I think that should be the overall storyline this year too, is that without, you know, this team, 
there's not people filling up the ballpark in late August, early yeah. September without these guys like, you know, being aggressive, being young, being fun, doing the Viking helmet, doing all that fun stuff. I feel like, you know, it would have just been, oh, well, yeah, there's Reds baseball for you. They're going to lose another 100 games. This season changed the optics and changed the vibe around the entire franchise, even the city, like all the fans that were watching this team night in and night out. They were not, they were eliminated on the second to last day of the season. Like that's for a team that there's only been one team that's made the playoffs after losing a hundred games the season before. And the Reds got that close to being the second team to ever do that, which to me is a pretty just astonishing feat. Wasn't there a team that almost also did that this year? Um, yeah. Who um, was it? Was it the Mariners? Well, no, no, the Mariners no. were in the, the postseason last year. I'm going to look at no. the standings from 2022 and I'll get back to you. I swear I'm not the, making that like, up. Like the, or- like the Orioles turnaround was, was fairly quick, but it wasn't overnight. Was it the Rangers? I think it was the team that did make the playoffs. Um, the Rangers lost 94 games last year and then they made the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, still, I mean, was, that's pretty impressive. Someone was saying like, oh, they won nearly 100 or something and then they're yeah. making the playoffs. But yeah. uh yeah, uh, uh, Diamondbacks lost 88 last year, and then they turned it around and won 84 this year. So. And the Diamondbacks are a very similar team to the Reds in how they play and how they're constructed. Uh, they were a team that was built for these uh, the rule changes as far as uh, power becoming a little less important, stolen bases becoming important, that kind of thing. Um, so I was talking tra- talking trash to some of my people out here that were D-backs fans about Ellie, and then. After August, after that series happened against the D-backs, I, I couldn't really say anything anymore. Like, Carol, <laughs> he's really good. But I want to talk about Ellie real quick. I just want to ask you guys, you know, we have not recorded a show since the uh, infamous Ellie De La Bust headline came out. Um, is there anything you guys want to take from that last week, or is that just last week, go all out, have fun? He played well. Um you know, I kind of mentioned earlier, but we've seen the, the Twitter nerds point out that, uh, you know, he has been improving the underlying stats, even if, you know, the batting average and the homers hasn't quite been there. Uh, the biggest thing we complained about, even when he was hot, was that he was swinging at everything. And, you know, yeah. if it wasn't a belt tie fastball, he wasn't going to be able to hit it. And he was swinging at all the junk and striking out like crazy. And he still struck out a lot in, in you know, in the last few weeks. And, um, but the more that he lays off those balls, the more he's going to get strikes in the zone. And, you know, even if he strikes out a lot, he's going to hit more doubles, more home runs. Um, so as long as we see those underlying numbers get better, which we did throughout the season, he's 21 years old. I'm not worried about it. Uh, no. So yeah. I, I feel good about the progress he made. Uh, he had a tough stretch there multiple times, really. Uh, but, he, you know, yeah, he, he left it out and- on the field this year. And how much was it like his, the struggles at the end of the season? How much is it, you know, just fatigue and, you know, learning how to be a professional and playing a complete season? Obviously, he didn't play a complete season this year. He came in in June or whatever, but, you know, it's it, it's a it's a long stretch. It's a slog towards the end of the season. And, you know, how much of that was just not being experienced to handle something like that? That's true. Yeah. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of pressure on him. And, More of yeah. a human aspect there. For sure. Well, it's that. And then I, I am kind of just wondering too how much, you know, like you said, being affected by that. Um, the, uh, the other thing that I was kind of interested in was that, you know, in that infamous article, they did mention something I thought was interesting. They said it took teams about four years to stop really throwing Aaron Judge fastballs, and it took teams about two months to stop throwing Ellie fastballs. But I will say, though, that second home run he hit against the Indians um, in that night game. Um, that was a big boy blast. This is a big boy blast, 119, 467. It was on a 74 mile an hour breaking ball. Like, I oh, think that's a good and sign. it was like, yeah, and that, like, it was right at his knees in the strike zone. And man, he just off that thing and just Did I see it. something? So, uh, I might have seen something talking about the Satcast stuff. Obviously, it was the hardest hit ball in, in the red Satcast era, but I think it was, uh, I, I could be totally making this up, botching the number exactly, but it was like, it was the only ball hit over 115 miles an hour or even this season or ever uh that was like uh not on a fastball or something yeah yeah i mean I, I believe it like with that. And, that, and that home run he hit that home run he hit he was like out in front of it because i remember if 
correct me if I'm wrong, he like like leaned out over the plate to hit it. Yeah, I don't know how he does that, man. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, he's he's insane. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that last week of the season where he was finally, you know, getting some extra base hits, really like, hitting some homers, and maybe he changed the bat too. Maybe that helped him a little bit. But I don't know. I I would like to see what he's like as a full year knowing that he's not going to send get sent down. He was never going to get sent down anyway, but yeah. you know, I'm well, sure it enters to that to that point though. Do you think uh so he finally moved down in the lineup towards the end of the season. He batted 7, he batted 9 a few times. And he also just didn't start against mostly against lefties. Uh do you think some of that where he wasn't the everyday 3-0, hitter? Uh do you think that started started to take some of the pressure off a little bit? You know, we, we always see the confidence that he has on social media and in post-game interviews and whatnot. But, again, he's 21 years old. He, he's in a playoff chase. Uh, he, he was a hardly even respected as a prospect half a, or a season and a half ago. Uh, do you think some of that helped him batting, batting towards the bottom? I mean, probably take some of the pressure off for sure. I mean, yeah. and I, I think, too, just, you know, it was probably a bad idea for him to get put in the leadoff spot. I understood why they were doing it at the time because they're trying to spark spark some offense without India, but that's probably got to be hard for a kid to just like get the pitcher's first stuff of the game. And then I think there was a lot of value. Like, you know, look at the red stats against Wainwright over the years. I think there's value in, you know, obviously having a veteran like Joey Votto like hit against you or hit ahead of you and then you know, come back to the dugout, tell you, Hey, it looks like this. Hey, it looks like this, you know, wait back on it or look for this pitch outside. And, you know, it's, it's gotta be hard for a rookie who hasn't seen mostly any of these guys that are pitching against him to lead off and be expected to do really well. I don't really know if they put him in the best position there, but, but yeah, I think you're right Mm -hmm. though. Like, you know, guys like steer guys, like Fraley, like guys that have more experience than him hitting ahead of him in the lineup that communication in the dugout just trying to tell ellie what to look for what's this what's that i think that's got to be invaluable for him and i would wonder if they would want to keep him down for a little bit until he really figures it out yeah i'm here i'm with you but it's funny you mentioned a guy like spencer steer uh being the uh you know one of the veterans almost at this point crazy that this was just his rookie year uh i'm gonna jump on that but he he was one of my favorite players to watch as well. The fact that he could play all over the field, uh, had an incredible season. He he played 156 games for the Reds, which was far and away the most of any player, you know, combination of late season call-ups and injuries. Uh, he was the lifeblood of this team. Uh, in theory, if a guy like India doesn't come back, I could see Steer kind of filling that role uh, in the clubhouse. Seems like, you know, really great dude, just wants to win, you know, moving all over. I love listening to interviews with him. Uh, he's great on the Jim Day podcast, all that. Uh, man, we really lucked out with the Twins getting giving us Spencer Steer, oh shit, and and Carnacio Strand and uh, Connor Phillips as well. We uh, we're gonna look back on some of these trades and 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 be pretty happy with them. But Spencer Steer is just man. He he's a guy you're really happy to have on your team. Really happy to represent your city. Uh, Crazy that he's he just had his rookie season, but he's going to be a stalwart in this Reds lineup right in the middle of it for the next uh, five years, I guess. And I'm very excited about that. I feel like he's paid the most dividends so far out of anybody. Yeah, definitely. And I think giving him that experience right away last year is invaluable for for this year. He was the rookie that had the most experience out of any of those guys last year, maybe other than Will Benson. But Benson probably tied call it with him. Yeah. 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 But man, like it was just good to see him really take off this year and not really have like a semi sophomore slump. He he led the team in in homers, right? Like he was he was awesome yeah. this year. So and what I'll say, he was never he never had a stretch where he was like absolutely destroying the ball, like uh, twelve hundred OPS for him for a month, like playing out of his mind, hitting home runs every every game. But he was super consistent throughout the season, and I can't think of a period where he like slumped at all uh and for a rookie who's bounced who's playing a different position every night i think that's really impressive and someone's going to come back to to me and tell me about uh, a two-week stretch where he didn't get a hit but as far as an extended slump goes especially for having the most games most played appearances most at bats on the team i think he had a very consistent year which uh 
you know, any any young player, especially when there's not much of a, you know, a, a scouting report on you, can come in and get hot and, you know, juice some numbers, which we saw this year a little bit. Uh, but for his consistency, I think I think that's super admirable, given given all the position changes and everything changing around him. You mentioned he didn't really have a, a hot or cold month. Uh, the worst months he had, 743 in April and 787 in August. and Well, sorry, 614 in July, but 905 in June, 945 in May, 892 September. That's like you that's get three incredible. of those months every year. That's pretty dang good. And even when he wasn't really slumping, he was still hitting home runs. I mean, he had yeah. he, he had two in July, but um, – I think one of no 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 the um the walk off against the Padres was in June but, but you know like yeah, he was July was a, July was a pretty good month for the Reds and he he managed to uh you know the the other the rest of the team picked him up I guess in that case so that works out I also like that. that he's the guy that they all rag on and he's like completely fine with it like the the favorite <laughs> one was like the extra bases with Jim Day where they're all like who would you not ask for a dating advice and they're like steer steer the guy's <laughs> no style no class doesn't know anything yeah. I was like, and you know it's it's all love when they're just giving it to him and he's just like well, I, I don't know i mean i guess he's just <laughs> kind of seems like he's just a ball player so yeah. matt mcclain is that. definitely just there for ball but i think spencer steer is just like i'm just pretty damn good at baseball so i'm just gonna keep playing <laughs> hey matt mcclain uh took my brother's girlfriend's friend on a date. So uh, he, he cares oh. about things other than ball. There you yeah, go. There we go. Took her to yeah. Jeff Ruby's for a first date, I believe. Like, oh, oh, damn. Wow. Set, the, set the bar yeah. high. Did well, he have to do that. <laughs> I don't know. This might have been before that was a thing. <laughs> but, uh, man, that's... Man, if only we had Matt McClain in that last stretch. But he's a player that yeah. I'm, I really hope uh, continues to take a step forward next year. He'll be an everyday guy for a full season. Uh, we don't have to get into whose spot he's going to take and what Jonathan Indy is going to do. But uh, without considering all that, Matt McClain was such a fun player to watch this season. We really missed him down the stretch. But, uh, man, this, this team is fully, full of some, some impressive talent. And uh, it starts and, starts and ends with guys like that. The other one that we've we've talked about a little bit, you know, we're kind of just going through players at this point, but Noelvi Marte, just as young as Eliade Cruz, came up much later, so he's actually still going to be rookie eligible next year. Which is, I mean, how if he's not the favorite for rookie of the year, that's crazy. But dude, what a what an end to the season he had! What sixteen game hitting streak? He was batting yeah. like four hundred in that time and doing with power as well and. Yeah, wow. He looked real good. He could be he was something special. Hotter than a two dollar pistol, man. <laughs> That's good. I would like that. That's good. Yeah, I mean, he was special, man. And I think some of the guys on Twitter were saying once he starts lifting the ball, he's gonna be like even more special because he's kind of got that Manny Machado esque swing. And if he yeah. can start to just really get some power behind that swing. He can really like that would be another guy that can just give you a 10 15. Because I mean, it would be great to have a guy that can give you 35 40, but if you've sure. got a bunch of guys that are rely you can rely on for 10 15 20, I'm all for that. And you know, if you can rely on Fraley to get you 25, maybe Steer can get you 20. I feel like you can get there, it's just you need more from everybody instead of just one dude. Just some quick stats for you boys. 35 games, 114 at bats. He batted 316, uh, 336 on base percentage, 456 slugging, and an 822 OPS. Don, cover Let's your ears because I'm, I'm about to say immaculate grid. But uh, that, uh -oh. remember that in your back pocket, everybody. 300 uh, batting average season for the That's Reds, Noelvi Marte. There, you, there go. you go. You think they'd do that based on qualified? or because like uh, They took that away now. So. Um, ah. Because uh, people were like, "Well, I want the sicko score. I want the um, the lowest score possible." And they're putting Degrom in there for 300 batting average <laughs> for a season. So I was gonna say, I'm looking at the stats here, and Alejo Lopez went 500 this year. He went one for two. So there's your there's another one. Yeah, that that's uh, one of the guys I was gonna uh, quiz you on. Is like who was who? Just name one player that played in all, that appeared in only one game for the Reds. Because we had 65 this year, just one off the the franchise record of 66 from last year. That's crazy, man. Like, yeah, we were pulling. Lopez got tossed in that game too, didn't he? Yeah, and he wasn't. Um, 
I forget what the uh, thing was, but he was not on the 40-man roster at the time. He was a COVID call-up, so huh, he was... I mean, yeah, he wasn't I'm even sure on the they... on the forty man. That's wild. Yeah, so like, do they get paid know, min league, league minimum on, even though they're not on the forty man? I would I would guess they get a game check for being yeah. a COVID substitute. Yeah. Like that, if the players association didn't figure that out, then that I'm that's sure kind of on did. you guys. You know, you know? I'm sure they did. There's no salary listed on Baseball Reference for him, so <laughs> well, he would have only had the equivalent of one game or whatever. But uh, what's that? Yeah. Like five thousand bucks. Yeah, I don't know. Do seven hundred thousand divided by one sixty two? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not yeah, but... a math guy. Actually, <laughs> I kind of am, but math pod. Hold on, I'm pulling up my calculator. <laughs> seven hundred thousand. I don't even know if that's the actual minimum. It's it's somewhere around seven hundred thousand. Taxes. <laughs> yeah, that too. Depends on, yeah, you play that game in California, it looks a lot different than if you play it in Ohio or yeah. Florida or something. But, uh, yeah. you know, looking at these, the season stats, I, it, it's funny having, not having like a big 40 home run threat, we still had 11 guys that hit 11 or more home runs. That's crazy to me. Uh, because we also had eight guys that had 10 or more stolen bases. And I don't know, that's, that's a good combination. You got, you got, up and down the lineup, uh, I think one of the comments I've made is that how deep we, how deep this team was. There were really a lot of times where every time we threw a lineup out there, I would send a group a text to the group like, "Man, this lineup is sick." Uh, yeah, and it's a totally different lineup every night, and it's you know they're adjusting to the plat platoon splits, they're getting guys rest, uh, and I think next year, even you know even if Vado doesn't come back, even if uh, even if we if we part ways with someone like Nixon Zell or and or I'll say uh, Jonathan India, with everyone healthy, this lineup is still going to be able to do that, uh, and that's that's exciting. That's going to be fun. And we and and as much, for as many rookies that came up this year, we got more uh, we got more coming. Yeah. Do you see yeah, the boy. season this this guy? Uh, he, I don't know how no one talked about him at all. Jacob heard of heard of yeah, Herdebees. 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 I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll figure out how to say his name eventually. Uh, oh. He had a hell of a season, and he's like, I don't know. He, I don't know how he didn't get on our radar earlier, but uh, he and what Blake Dunn. Uh, yeah, Blake Dunn. Yeah, Herdebees pitched in Dayton this year, I believe, and got no. He's called a, up to Double A. He's a that he's a hitter. Might be Rob. Dunn. Is that Dunn? No, Dunn's a hitter as well. <laughs> Rob, yeah, Herdebees is a hitter, but he he Jacob Herdebees went to college. Oh, I got it here. Rob, did you ask Rob that? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at it. Put me with it. Yeah, he went to the military academy. Yeah, West Point, baby. West Point. Yeah. So I didn't mean, know that. he might get called for service at some point, but <laughs> shit. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, you know, other than you can that, get an exemption. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, so I might be trying to go to a couple fall games out here just because Herdebice and Dunn um, are among the eight players that the Reds sent out. No, 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 Dunn get, didn't go, but Herdebice is one of the eight that got sent out for, um, for fall ball. Carson Spears is another guy who – that's kind of He's got MLB. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I, I, I saw that stat too. It was like – one of the only players with MLB experience to ever get yeah. sent to that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that I'll was be interested funny. to see how everything shakes out next year. We don't need to dive into it too much this year, but we got, we got a lot of, uh, with everyone healthy, we're gonna have a lot of starting pitchers for the mix. Uh, you know, if you say Connor Phillips deserves a look, uh, there's probably six or seven guys that, uh, could be in the mix there that I think are all really solid MLB pitchers. And that there's a lot of logic still that says we should go get a veteran. Uh, we don't have to talk about, Trevor Bauer today, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's some names out there, and I think that's the smart move. But uh, so I floated around. I think we flo floated this earlier in the season, but Nick Lodolo could end up going to the bullpen. Uh, you know, some of our infielders could end up becoming outfielders. I think a lot's going to happen in the next few months. Uh, I'll be looking forward to talking with you boys about it. Uh, what when are the arbitration hearings? Is that December, January? I want to say it's later in the winter. 
Like it's I'm looking at meetings. I'm looking at the team now. The Reds have nine players eligible for arbitration this year. Yeah, they're going to be busy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think good, the pile deadline now. is December, and I don't think the Reds have had a hearing in like five years. Um, as long as we've been doing a podcast, I don't think the Reds have had a hearing. They've agreed to terms with everybody. So. Um, which is which is good, you know. Uh, I, the looks like the hearings are in like February. So, okay. considering we that go. we haven't, we don't really have any other contracts eating up the books. I mean, we can kind of overpay. I'll say in quotes uh, at that tier, like you know, most of those guys, their arbitration number is going to be what between two and seven million somewhere in there. I, I, just, mm-hmm. just total total guess, depending on the player. You can afford to be in the high end of that, uh, considering yeah, sure. we don't have any other big contracts eating us up. You know, with, with all the guys we got off the books this year, uh, with Vado's contract at least, at very least, going way down, uh, we're going to be in a good spot financially. Uh, I think I saw an estimate that looks like forty million is like an early guess on our payroll, which is crazy because I think this team is going to be very, very good, and less than fifty million is is pretty insane. So there's room to go get guys. I don't know what our weaknesses are necessarily. Maybe a righty in the outfield, which. Jonathan India could just fill that spot, but uh, we'll see. Maybe like a we'll bench starter too, but yeah, we'll talk yeah. about that once winter meetings rolls around. <laughs> yeah, let's at very yes. least let's see the, uh, what happens with the World Series. I think this has been a fun playoffs so far. Uh, who are you guys uh, queuing in on uh, for the for the playoffs as just general baseball fans? I think mm, it was fun to watch like the, uh, the the Twins. Yeah, a lot of former Reds yeah. there. Sonny Gray pitched great today. Uh, we saw uh, Kyle Farmer, I think, played played well last night. So that's that's a fun team to root for. Uh, I like I the know. Orioles. The Orioles will be a fun to root for or fun to watch because I feel like they're kind of in a similar situation the Reds were in. A lot of young yeah. guys, quick turnaround. They're like a year like ahead the, of us, basically. Yeah. I feel like the Astros-Dodgers uh, meetup has got to be inevitable one of these years because the Astros just continue to go to the ALCS. Um, and then the Dodgers get to the NLCS, but then either blow it there or in the World Series. So I don't know, though, like, I want to say the Braves, but the Braves were kind of in the same spot last year, and then they lost in the NLCS. Man, I, so. <laughs> this Braves team is better than that team. Yeah, it, this Braves lineup, is, as Carabas uh, says. So, I but know. I will be – that's a good point, though. As far as I would love to see every team get give it their all to try to beat the Braves. And I think those all those series are going to be must-watch. Like, I'm not expecting the Braves to walk all over all these teams. I'm going to be expecting some absolute battles. It'll be like the series that we had with them in the middle of the season at Great American, which was some of the most fun baseball I've ever watched. And I'm expecting a lot of that uh, over the next month. Yeah, I feel like they can provide the most chaos uh, in a game. For sure. Where, like, go down by three and then they go up by five or something. Yeah. yeah. Are they your pick to win the World Series? How can they not be? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna that's say what I put my money on. If I was a betting man, that's what I put my money on. Uh, I'm gonna say Astros just because I feel like they, you know, they they're gonna get to the ALCS, and if they have it right, they just don't have the rotation that the Braves do right now. Um, the Dodgers don't either. So I mean, the Braves are probably most likely gonna win. If, but I don't know. It's it's Atlanta in the postseason. They uh, yeah. <laughs> they they like to the trip on themselves every now and then. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it though. It's gonna be fun. I'm just sad it's that a there's little, like no uh, Cardinals to root against. I mean, I'm rooting against the Brewers, but no, no Cardinals. Like, it, it, I don't know. I would kind of wish I had them there just to drink in the misery. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> or I will say it was a little a little different. Those years when we were winning 65 games a season, uh, it's very easy to just go all in on enjoying the MLB playoffs. But in a year where we felt like we should have been playing last night. Uh, it's a little, little tough. A little tough. Might need to get past the wild card round a little bit to at least be like, okay, we probably would have lost at this point anyway. Yeah, uh, I can enjoy it from well, here. Twins are moving on. They just got the last out. There you go. go. So they will get the Astros. I love everyone trying to predict this stuff. I commented earlier the uh, the Rays were the first team eliminated, and we, we one of our our friends on Twitter had them winning it all. Uh, yeah, that'll that'll happen. Yeah, that's kind of funny though, because they started out the season like twelve and zero or something like that, and then they're the first team bounced out of the playoffs. It's yeah, hey, they're not the same team they were in April. That's 
How can you not be romantic about baseball? 162 games. Got to play all 162. I'm I'm uh, pulling for the D-backs just because you know local guy, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, Wednesday, would we go to the championship parade? I don't know. It might be too hot for that. You know, it might still be 95 in, December, in November. In November? <laughs> Damn. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I mean, it should be nice by then. I probably won't go just because I'll, I'm saving that experience for when one of my teams does it. But we'll see. All right, boys. I think that kind of wraps our coverage of this season. We didn't come to you quite as often as we would have liked in the last month or so. Uh, for those of you that st- stuck with us throughout this year, even though even with our inconsistency, uh, thank you for the new listeners. That hey, if you're here because the Reds started winning, we we don't blame you. That that's fine. They're they're tough to watch when they lose 100 games. Uh, love seeing you all down at the ballpark this year supporting the team. Loved having you following along on ATBBTTR. It's been a lot of fun on the social media accounts this year on every platform, uh, Twitter especially. Uh, but Hey, this has been a fun season. I, I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, you know, and just it's going to seem like just a couple months from now we'll be discussing spring training. Uh, yep. Hey, maybe I'll make a trip out to spring training this year since Rob did last year. I want to do we'll it again. See. We'll see. Be nice. I'm in the uh, well, you didn't say in, Rob didn't say in the guest room. He had to stay on the on the pullout couch, but. As long as there there's no family here or anything, Donnie, you you'll get the guest room. So wow, treat me like a king. I love it. I know you're got, a king. Got my got my face licked off by your dog every morning, Steve. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she did, she be doing that. Shouts to honey. <laughs> All right, boys. Hey, and I, I gotta go without mentioning. I saw Steve that you are exactly uh, one year away from the uh, the old marriage. Yeah, pretty crazy. The old, the old wedding celebration finally. Uh, <laughs> You uh, you're really planning ahead on that one, so I commend yeah, you for that. Yeah, we had to make sure you know we got the got the right place. So sure, um, I'm looking forward to it. And don't worry, everybody, it's a Friday night wedding, so not that Woo! not no that, that really matters. You know, it's my wedding day, so it doesn't matter. But <laughs> hey, whatever whatever makes whatever makes the missus happy, right, Steve? There you there go. You go. There happy wife, right. happy life. Apparently, <laughs> that's right. That's what they that's say. What I, that's what I hear. Yeah, Rob and I wouldn't know. But, no, uh, wouldn't know. Hey, all hey, right, boys. Hey, this this has been fun. There's any young single ladies out there who like the Reds, you know? Come on, come on, and <laughs> hit these guys up. There it is. And with that, uh, I'm gonna Wingman's sign team. us off here on the 2023 season. This has been a lot of fun, boys. Go Red Legs. Go Reds, baby. Go Reds.